0: I am so happy that you're able to join us for this extended interview. Make sure to visit TheOffBeatLife.com. Again, that's TheOffBeatLife.com to get more killer resources. Hey friend, are you looking to land a remote gig ASAP? Well, did you know that we not only have a ton of online jobs you can apply to on our site, but now we are also sending them straight to your inbox. I'm happy to announce that we will be sending our email subscribers legit online jobs every Wednesday. We have done hours of research so you don't have to. If you want to be the first one to hear about the remote gigs we find, go to theoffbeatlife.com to subscribe. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for being here for this extended interview with Sam where he's going to share with us how to quickly build a community in a new city by hosting second degree dinners. That sounds super interesting. I want to know more about this. Hey, Sam, how are you?
1: I'm good, Debbie. It's great to be here.
0: Thank you so much. But before we get to your amazing tips and tricks with these dinner parties, can you tell us about you and why you live an offbeat life?
1: Sure. Yeah. So I graduated college about two years ago. And at the time when a lot of my friends were sort of starting their nine to five careers, I had no interest in that. I wanted to see the world. I wanted to I had this overwhelming sense of wanderlust and, and I wanted to explore. And so I ended up accompanying a friend on a three-week trip to Vietnam at the end of the summer, and I chose to stay. I had a laptop, I knew how to code, and I basically started freelancing as a software engineer, part-time remote, and producing a podcast called Radically Different, which is about lifestyles and career paths that break from the American norm. So basically since then, I've been you know living in different parts of the world, traveling, and really following my curiosity. And using the, the, the freedom of location independence and, and having the ability to only have to work part-time to be able to just pursue the things that are sort of of my highest excitement. And so, yeah, I've basically lived in, in Southeast Asia for a while. I lived in Medellin, Colombia. I worked with a guy in San Diego who runs an experiential dinner company for a while and was just in Guatemala. So, yeah, hopefully that answers the question. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's a lot of things there. And Sam definitely dives deeper into that with our full interview. So you all need to make sure you check that out with Sam. So Today, though, we're going to talk about the power of creating a community through dinners, right? Hosting dinners, which is so interesting. I love that concept because even with the people we already know, we all connect with each other. You know, we meet for dinner, we go out and it's like, what do you want to do? You want to go out to eat when you're, you know, you have Sunday dinner. So I am not surprised this also works with strangers. So how did you end up doing this? How did this all start?
1: Yeah, so the first thing I'll say is that when I first got to Medellin, Colombia, the first day I was there, I met a girl at a Selena co-working space and we immediately hit it off. And one of the first things she did was invite me to one of her dinner parties. And it was incredible because, you know, I was suddenly meeting all of her friends and they're all super cool And then once I got an apartment in the city, I invited a lot of them, plus some of their friends for a dinner as well. And what I found is actually by hosting dinners that I was able to build a community really quickly. Like I would say within three to four weeks of being in Medellin, I felt like I had found a really incredible tribe of people. So I found that just, you know, going to dinner parties, hosting dinner parties was awesome. So secondly, there's actually an article that someone sent me a while back by a guy named Nat Ellison, which basically describes his concept of a second-degree dinner. And basically, the, the concept there is that you host a dinner, and it can be one that you host at your house or you can go to a restaurant, and you have a co-host. So you just find a friend of yours, and basically then each of you guys invite someone else that the other person doesn't know, and you instruct them to each invite someone else that probably the other person doesn't know, but the idea is like, you know, invite someone that you really admire that you think is really interesting that would would like this type of experience. And so what you end up having is a is a is a group of six people. And as the host, you're meeting three new people that have been basically handpicked and recommended by the people that you invited. So when I was living in in Guatemala, I was hosting these weekly. And it was one of the most incredible, powerful ways of quickly plugging into the community and like building out a really amazing network. And some of my best friends that are still there, I met through these dinners.
0: That is such a great way of meeting new people, especially when you are at a new place and you are there for a longer period of time. I mean, I've spoken to a lot of people who are digital nomads, and that's one of the thing that we all worry about is how do we build that community? And this is such a great and genius way to do it. you know. And if you like one person, I'm pretty sure they have friends who are similar to them. So that's not a bad idea.
1: (laughs) So the other thing too, is that I think that, and I found myself falling into this trap. We think that when we arrive to a new place, we need to just go attend all of the events. Like we shouldn't be the person creating the thing. But the brilliance of this concept is that you only need one other person that you really admire and like in order to make this happen. And then you, let's say you meet someone at a co-working space or you meet someone wherever on the street, you can invite them as your guest. And so really it just takes coordination with one other co-host plus one invite, and then you have a dinner of six people. So the, the message is really like, you don't need to be really well established in a community to be hosting things. And what I found is that, basically the way that we run these dinners is, I can go into the details if you want, but we run them quite intentionally, too. So there's, you know, everyone comes and there's a series of questions that we go through that are, you know, basically the conversation is facilitated. And what I found is that, at least the people that that I love to be surrounded by, they appreciate that. They appreciate that it's not small talk, that it's meaningful. And over the course of a two-hour dinner, everyone has an opportunity to share. Everyone has an opportunity to really like connect with each other and to celebrate wins, talk about struggles. And by the end, like everyone like just loves each other. <laughs> and, um, and so it's just been really, yeah, it's been really powerful.
0: So let's talk about this and let's dig deeper into it. How can somebody organize this? Well, I don't know if they can do it right now, but sometime soon. Like. <laughs> <laughs>
1: actually, I'll say since the pandemic started, I've been doing these virtually as well. So it's totally possible. Oh, And actually that's perfect. virtually is cool because then you can invite anyone, anyone, in the, anywhere in the world.
0: Yeah, and there's no limit now. So can you tell us exactly how you're doing this virtually and then also face-to-face?
1: Sure. So maybe I'll talk about the face-to-face one first, and then I'll just talk about how I've modified it for the virtual sphere. Basically, what you need to to make this happen is is a a co-host. So someone who's interested in the concept and wants to co-host it with you. And I found that once you find that person, it gives you the confidence to kind of move ahead and make it happen. So that's the first thing. Second, you want to find a venue. So if you want to host it at your place, great. You can also do it at a restaurant. And if you're going to do it at a restaurant, I encourage people to, to pick a place that's like not too loud so you can hear conversations well. And ideally, it's like just a really nice ambiance that kind of puts people in the mood and you know, has like small enough tables where everyone can just hear each other. And then typically, what we do is we, we make it like a two-hour long dinner. And what I've been doing is, is basically saying, I'm gonna do this weekly because it's so effective that I just want to stick with it and I want it to make it, make it a, a weekly practice. So I pick a night each week. We've been doing Monday nights and then it's just happening. So then I have a, a pre-written text message that explains this whole concept that I send out to people. So I give that message to my co-host and he or she sends it to one of their invites and I send it to one of my invites. And in that message, it tells them, hey, like this is the concept, let me know if you're interested and on board. And if so, your task is to basically invite one more person into the mix. And with that, we also kind of lay the groundwork for like, you know, why we're doing this, which is about helping people connect in a more deep, meaningful way. And also just some expectations of like, you know, We ask the people kind of just like keep their phones off and really be present. Mm -hmm. So then when we actually have the dinner, everyone arrives, we first kind of like set the tone and we'll kind of, my co-host and I will just sort of say like, you know, this is the intention of the dinner. We're so happy that you're here. Some of the things that I mentioned before, then what we do is we have basically each person introduces the person that they brought. And I found that this is better than introducing yourself because people hate to talk about themselves So instead, you get to be the hype man or hype woman of the person that you brought. So you get to talk about why they're so great and why you decided to bring them. And so that's how we start. And then basically throughout the dinner, you know, there's tons of different questions that I like to ask. But typically what I'll do is I'll ask, I'll put a question out to the group and then we'll kind of go around in a circle or whoever wants to speak and each person will answer it. And typically we have time for three to five questions over the course of a two-hour dinner. You'll find that people really like, like the questions and they like to kind of expand on them. But yeah, that's kind of the the basic concept. And then usually we put everyone in a, in a WhatsApp group or some sort of way for everyone to stay connected. I still like I'll get messages from from groups that I've created of people just checking in with each other.
0: I love that community you have built and you can do this all over the world. So it's like having a family everywhere you go, which is pretty awesome.
1: Yeah. And it definitely takes, you know, it takes work, but I think the biggest thing I'll say is that people really appreciate this. Like I think the the role of community builder and gatherer is is really underrated. People don't understand how how much joy that can bring to you personally to be that person and how much people really appreciate it when you do that. I know for me, you know, I was working on some really challenging stuff when I was in in Guatemala and just to have these dinners uh weekly brought so much joy and, and it felt so supportive. And so, yeah, I I, I can't recommend it enough.
0: So how are you able to transition this to virtually and online now that we can't really see each other face to face for the most part? Not yet.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So it's pretty much all the same, but just instead of at a restaurant, it happens over Zoom. (laughs) And also, I think with online stuff, it's important to condense things and make it shorter. So instead of two hours, we do it for an hour and a half. And other than that, it's pretty much the same. I mean, the, the messaging has been a little bit different. The messages that we send are a little bit funnier in terms of like the prep, but we ask people to kind of dress up if they want and get dinner ready if they want. And sometimes it just turns into more of like a happy hour, a little cocktail hour instead of a, a dinner. But it's pretty much the same thing, really.
0: Well, either way, it's really fun and you get to meet all of these new and incredible people that somebody that you like and trust have brought in. So that's always a great way to do it and build that really strong community around yourself. Well, thank you so much, Sam, for giving us all of these incredible tips. If our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you?
1: Yeah. So I'm the host of a podcast called Radically Different Yeah. People can find me at radicallydifferentpodcast.com. You can send me an email that way. And I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. The handle there is at radicallydifferentpodcast. Yeah. Feel free to reach out, send a message. I send a lot of voice messages, so you might receive one of those back.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Sam. We really appreciate you for speaking with us today and giving us all of these awesome tips.
1: Thanks so much, Debbie. It It was a pleasure.
0: I hope you enjoyed this extended interview with Sam. Make sure to visit TheOffBeatLife.com. Again, that's TheOffBeatLife.com to get the full interview where he shares how to break from the American norm and find your superpower as a remote worker. Hey friend, have you been wanting to start a podcast? Thanks for joining me on this extended interview. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We can also chat some more on Facebook at B O B Live. I'll talk to you soon.